This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Welcome to 51st Dates, episode 45. This is your host, Jolie Moore. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I tried to do this intro and then didn't understand why I couldn't hear anything, but it turns out you have to turn the microphone on. I probably muted it because I was doing um, a podcast, uh, which I think will come out in December, and uh, I needed to cut some kind of noise out of the background. I think my dishwasher. Um, Anyway, how are you? It is Sunday morning. I've been biking. It's meh, meh, kind of cloudy, cool in Los Angeles, Um, even though I tried to, actually I'm really cutting down on the relationship content that I'm consuming, I still dabble occasionally, mainly because there's stuff left on my Kindle, and I do read everything, and if I bought it, then I'm getting to it. But one of the things that I was thinking about this week is that part of the issue with um, dating is I felt like, how can I say this? I felt like these guys wanted me to to hire me, like, or they wanted me to do a job for them, I guess, for free. So they wanted, like, sex, and they wanted companionship, and then they also wanted help with their work, like, no joke. Um, There's this one guy, I think his name is Alexander, and that's actually his real name, and he, oh my god, he, he was an artist of some kind. I think he did stuff with found art. I don't remember all the details. And at some point, I was like, oh, you know, I don't do this texting thing. I was standing outside a theater. I remember this. Um, I was like, I don't do this texting thing. Let's get together. And he was like, sure, but but, but before we get together, you know, I'm working on this project, and I was hoping you could help. And I was like, I I don't know you. Why would I help on this project? And um, so he never wanted to meet in person. So eventually, you know, I texted him, and I was like, uh, it was great chatting with you, but if you don't want to meet in person, then I'm going to move on. And I thought that was it. And then every so often, um, he would text a, a a request, you know, oh, I'm looking for old photos, or I'm looking for X. Um, do you have any resources? And I was like, okay, so we're, we're, we're not even friends. Like, I literally never met you in person. And um, while you're creative pursuits sound interesting, I'm not um, going to help you. I have a job. <laughs> it takes up a lot of my time, and I need to focus on that. But it, it happened, um, again, actually with a guy who has um, a website, and he was like, oh, have you seen my website? This is, and I, was, I met him in person, um, and then I, I met him in person, and um, I didn't date him, um, and then I passed him on Tinder. I was going back through Tinder matches, and I saw that I apparently matched with him before I met him in person. God. And, you know, I think L.A. is big. And I think I just pinged him on Twitter, and I was like, oh, how ironic. 
like we matched before we met in person. Um, how are you or whatever? And he, you know, I think he emailed me because he had my email because we had met in person. And he was sent me an email and he was like, oh, I want you to check out my website. Literally, I thought it was just to look what I'm doing. And I was like, cool. And then the next one was like, oh, I'm having some difficulty doing some copywriting. Um, you know, what do you think you could do to help? <laughs> and I was like, you know what I should have said? I should have said, how much are you paying? Um, actually, I don't do copywriting. It's not really uh, a skill I have. So I was just like, okay. But, you know, sometimes it was more subtle, but not always. Um, there was a guy who's actually not in this book who was like, he would sit around and he would be like, oh, I'm having like problems with work and we really need to write this content, me and my partner, and my partner is kind of flaky, okay? And I was like, well, why don't you write the content since you think she's flaky and you don't think she does that good of a job at it? And he was like, oh, I, I just can't do it. And he would bring it up all the time. And it, it, at some point, I realized that maybe he thought that since I was a writer, and he had his partner talk to me, that maybe I would help them. And I thought, but I don't, I don't work for free. Um, and I, I'm not that interested in working for you. Like, we can date, but I don't want to, like, do your job for you. Um, and it, it just happened again and again. And my general response, um, because my general response is, that's really interesting that you have this problem. How is it that you're going to solve it? Um, and I think that at the end of the day, I'm sort of looking for two things. One, I'm looking to see whether or not they have any problem solving skills. And B, I'm looking to see if they honor my boundaries. Although in that case, that was not a problem because I was never going to do it. Like the people who asked me point blank, I, I said no. And the guys who um, I saw for a longer period of time, you know, hinted around about it. And I kept thinking, well, that looks like a problem that you need to solve. And I don't know how to temper that. So in a relationship, I think I'd be much more amenable to... Uh, I don't know how to say it. I, I'm, I would be supportive. I'm, I'm more than happy to be supportive. I just don't want to do the work for them. You know, I, I was married for years and I uh, did a lot of the work. And, you know, I think for my ex, my idea of being supportive was come up with ideas, read the drafts, you know, <laughs> help me with the execution. And I did it because I thought, I don't know, actually, I don't know if I thought that much about it. But it's just that I don't want to do that again. Like, I did it. It's done. But I don't want to, like, help another man through his career for years. I want somebody who can do all of that themselves. And, you know, I'm happy to cheer from the sidelines. I'm even happy to come in with some suggestions. But I don't know if I want to, like, hook you up with people. It's like, oh, you need an agent. Well, let me call my friend. Or you need, you know help with, I don't know, getting a screenwriter. Well, let me call this guy. And um, I just don't want to facilitate all of that for other people because I'm going to tell you at no point is that support coming back or reciprocal. Or sometimes people actually do offer to help me with things. And all I can think of is like this one guy, he sends me this graphic of like a book cover, a 3D book cover. And he's like, oh, isn't this great that I did this graphic for you? And I think, A, um, I have people that do that. B, if I need like a graphic on the go, I have like a thousand resources. I can do it in four minutes. 
and see that's cute but I didn't ask like I didn't ask and it and I know that guys have said to me that they don't know dating me is hard because they don't know how I need them and I need them to be an adult I need them to grow up I need them to be single I need them to be solvent um I need them to like me that's actually what I need um I don't think I need like help with my career. Look, I can use help with my career, but I have not dated the person who could do that. So it's just dating. I want to be mutual. I don't want to be anybody's mother. I don't want to clean up for you. I don't want to cook for you. I will cook for you, but I don't want to be obligated to cook for you. I don't want to be obligated to help you with your job, to support you, to pay for dinner. I just don't want obligation. All I want is love. And it's actually quite that simple. Chapter 45, Tantric Speed Dating, November 30. The best way to get 50 first dates? Do 20 in one Saturday night. Obsessing over Thunderbolt was yielding me nothing. I saw him the day before I flew, flew to a romance writers conference in Houston. It was the only time I'd have available in the upcoming weeks, and I wanted to see him. Rather than the back and forth texting between us that I'd grown to dislike, I took my friend's advice, and not only was I 100% myself, I asked for what I wanted. Me, I'm flying to Houston this week for a week. I'd love to see you later tonight if you're free. Thunderbolt, I think that could work. After that, it was just logistics, and I got what I wanted, time with him. Then I traveled to Houston, to Crystal Beach, to the big island of Hawaii. I was anywhere but Southern California. I had a birthday with friends as I faced down middle age. And in all that, I missed Thunderbolt. I missed his humor, his easy conversation, and obviously the sex. It was, has been, the best of my life. To paraphrase Brianna Wiest, what we don't like about other people is what we don't like about ourselves. The whatever situationship I have with Thunderbolt has been a ruthless reflection. While away, and during nearly 18 hours of flying, I had some time to journal. I took the time to write down the things that drove me batshit crazy about Thunderbolt. Here they are. One, he never compliments me. It was a thing I liked about Classic Car Guy. It was probably what walked me into a relationship with him. After the spring, I realized that it was something I enjoyed. It made me feel good. Thunderbolt doesn't excel at that, at least not with me. While I was away, I spent some time trying to think if he'd ever said anything positive. What I could recall is that he said I didn't look as old as my age. After I lost 20 pounds on the divorce diet, he said that my body looked good. When I asked him why he'd swiped right, he said it was because I was attractive. That's it. Then I held up that ruthless mirror because I wondered if I'd ever complimented him. It nearly came up blank. There was, of course, my opening salvo, the thing I messaged him over Tinder. Last week, though, I realized that I need to give what I want. So when he appeared in a nice shirt again, I complimented him. In nine months, it was the only nice thing I remember saying. Two, his communication is opaque because he texts me, because he's here. I have to assume he wants to spend time with me. He's never said that, though. Instead, his texts are all high and, are you in town? I've been better about being direct because the other is mentally exhausting. It's been better, not perfect, but better. Three, 
He never says what he feels. He talks about around a subject whenever I ask a question that touches on how he feels about something. Of course, I've never said a thing about how I feel about him. The thought of saying anything nice seems like I'd be walking on the third rail. When I was going to say something in October, I completely lost my nerve. He talked about the casual, non-monogamous nature of the thing we have. That kept me quiet, because who would want to say anything in the face of that declaration? It's bothering me, though, not saying anything. I can't say why. Of course, I'm having all these thoughts on the heels of reading a self-help book that suggests, like they all do, that if I put my energy into the situationship, then I won't be open to meeting anyone who really fulfills what I want and need. The mirror, though, is not flattering. One other important note, quote, one other important note is that research shows people are attracted to those who are on par with their own communication abilities. This means that if you have difficulty communicating, you may be attracted to others who also have impaired communication skills and less attracted to those who have the ability to communicate better than you do. It's from having sex, wanting intimacy. So this awful communication style is a reflection of mine. Men who communicate better probably wouldn't find me attractive, or maybe I'd be intimidated by them. My therapist said that I'm probably not quite ready for that big love relationship I want. She also said that if I'm honest with myself and Thunderbolt, then either we will grow together or I'll, grow, I'll outgrow him. But he's good practice. Rather than reach out to him about being back in town and wanting to see him, because that would be my joy, I googled speed dating while I was in Hawaii. I found an event the night after I landed and signed up for the last available spot. The event was in Silver Lake, a cute community on the east side of Los Angeles. I left my apartment in West Hollywood, even though I was tired from landing late and chasing down lost luggage, even though I was tired from not enough sleep and it was cold and rainy that night. I drove the 25 minutes into the dating unknown. There were about 25 men and 20 women. They tried to keep the numbers even, but men's tickets sold out first, and several women were no-shows. That's the thing in Los Angeles. Rain keeps people inside. I went in blind. At the registration desk, the facilitator handed me a pouch filled with beads, its tiny beaded letters in it. My letter was M. The men's pouches were empty. She inscribed that twelfth letter of the alphabet next to my name on a list and welcomed me. We went into the room, a large one inside a yoga studio. The middle of the room featured a colorful blanket with a picture of one of the Hindu goddesses as well as candles. We each grabbed a blanket and sat in the circle waiting for instruction. We opened with deep breathing exercises, then she explained what would happen this evening. We'd we'd engage in one-minute tantric exercises with each man. Then he'd close his eyes and we'd put a bead in it if we were interested or not if we weren't. Like Bumble, it was a woman's choice night. So breathe deep, got ready to start. I met 25 different men. I danced with some, hugged others, looked into their eyes, and tried to make a connection. I gave beads to a few. Interestingly, several people were people I had swiped left online, but who were engaging in real life when they were animated and more than pictures and words on a page. It was a surprisingly good time. It was different than driving or walking to coffee or whatever someone hadn't planned. As I typed this, an email has come in with a list of the people I matched with. I haven't clicked on the link. Now I have to make the first move or wait for them to. I haven't looked at the list yet because I don't feel as open to the possibilities as I want to be. Part of me, a large part, unfortunately, feels like I need to settle something with Thunderbolt before I attempt to make any other connections. 
I worry that I'll do what I've been doing all along, allowing myself to keep things superficial on dates because I know they can always come home to Thunderbolt and it will be joyful and fun and will keep me from focusing on anything else with anyone new. I don't want a new person to become the guy I use to avoid feelings about the other guy. That would be a repeat of the very same mistake. Then I'd be on a hamster wheel. I wasn't ready to repeat the cycle. Oh my god, I completely forgot. There was the one guy I'd swiped right on uh, on Tinder who was at the Tantric Speed Dating, but what I had forgotten, that there were people there who I had swiped left on, um, who, if I'd met in person, I would have given a better chance. I completely spaced on that. Um, I'm starting to wonder, is there like not really a big dating pool in Los Angeles? Because you keep coming upon the same people over and over again. Um, lots of them are emotionally unavailable, <laughs> but they're out there saying they want to date, saying that they want connection. Um, I don't know. This was the speed dating. I, I don't, I don't know what happened when I was in Hawaii. Like I woke up one day, I think my son was, must've been sleeping and I woke up one day, um, we had rented this condo, um, on the big island of Hawaii because my son wanted to see volcanoes. So I thought, let's go see volcanoes. And I've never been to Hawaii, never been on my bucket list. I went. It's humid. The Pacific Ocean is surprisingly cleaner over there. Um, other than that, I don't know. Well, I also went on a submarine for the first time. That was kind of cool. Um, a little weird. I forget what, some kind of weird feeling I had in my body. Um, in addition to like motion sickness, because the boat to the submarine was like such choppy waters. Um, but Hawaii. So... I, I don't know. I woke up one day in Hawaii and I was like, I should do speed dating. I guess I must have heard of it. So I Googled it, um, speed dating in Los Angeles. There were like three different kinds of events. And I picked this one because I think it happened the night after I landed and I wanted something to fill the time. And um, it was interesting. So the whole thing about tantric speed dating, it's run by this these people, this couple um, out of New York City. And the idea was with the tantric speed dating that there would be like more touching and like eye gazing or whatever that stuff is called. And that would foster a different kind of connection than one would have in a bar like on a three minute rotation with a drink in hand. And I don't know if that's true. So what was interesting is that it involved like hugging and touching and that is not something you obviously do with strangers. And I don't know if it fostered connection. You know, after the first couple of times, it felt less weird. But the it felt a little needy, I think, for, the, for me. Like, you know, I think I talked about this earlier. Like, apparently there are people, lots of people, um, in the U.S. probably and all sorts of Western countries who can are touch-starved and where nobody has touched them for a while. And what I felt that the men were getting out of the speed dating was like hugs and touches and affection, which is something they otherwise may have been starved for. Um, I have a child who, you know, it's, he's 11, and I'm still trying to get him off my lap. So I get a lot of human touch. Um, and I have friends, and they're huggy, and, you know, I, I'm not touch-starved. But it was... That, that was sort of an interesting aspect. And then there were no age limits. 
So the youngest guy was like maybe like 25 and the oldest was 75 who there was some humor about that. Cause I guess he comes to every one of these events. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I, it was, it was not curated, I guess. It was only curated by the fact that people wanted to show up to the event. Um, I think it may have cost like 40, 50 bucks. I don't remember that part. Um, and it was at a yoga studio somewhere in Silver Lake. And so the whole thing about the bead, I think I still have the bead. I'm going to go look. But the whole thing about the bead was that what you would do is, okay, what I did, I don't know what other people did, is that at some point, since these men were wearing these like pouches around their neck, I would like open the pouch and stick my finger in whether or not I put a bead in um, because I didn't want people to feel rejected outright, like right in person, like in their face. Um, even though I, I don't even know why I felt that obligation. Um, that's interesting. But, um, so that, that was, that was, it, it was, um, I, I don't know how many people I dated after this. I'll have to read the succeeding chapters. I remember one, uh, no, two, I think I dated two people out of this. Um, I mean, a date, subsequent dates, similar, I'm sorry, subsequent dates after this, um, speed dating event. And I talked to a few, but they never like asked me out. And I had gotten by that point exhausted with, hey, you want to meet? Hey, let's make plans. You know, they just kind of wanted to, in this case, because she gave out emails, email. And I just don't want to have all these endless sort of texting, email, pen pal relationships with people. I'm never going to put it on my profile, but really, I don't like it. Um, Thunderbolt. Oh, my God, this guy. So, um yeah, you know, I, I, I'm trying to walk the middle ground because on one hand, I do appreciate a compliment. Like you want the person you're spending time with to think that you're smart or funny or pretty. Look, that's what I want. Those are the three things I want. I want them to think I'm smart, funny, and pretty. And um, he never gave me that. I mean, never really. And, you know, so in the chapter I wrote, I asked why he swiped to me. And he'd said, I wrote that he said I was attractive, but what I remember him saying in my head was, I must have found you attractive. And I thought, okay, well, you did in the thing, but now that you're laying here in my bed next to me, not so much. Um, I really struggled with him because I, I wanted him to say that he liked me, wanted me, enjoyed spending time with me. And... I never got it. And um, I don't know if it was like, in tough point, I don't even know if there's intermittent positive reinforcement. I'm not sure there was positive reinforcement. But I really think maybe I did outgrow him because I can't have existed on that level of communication. I really want to spend time with somebody who's like, you know, I like you. We like each other. We enjoy each other. You're great whatever. And uh, I, (laughs) to this day, I still haven't really gotten that. I don't even know how I get into relationships when nobody ever makes any declarations, but I need something more. I need a lot more. And what I got from any of these guys certainly wasn't it.
I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.